get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Katie Wu joining us now here on the show. Katie, how's it going down there in Jupiter? Oh, boys, we are so back, aren't we? We sure well, are. How was the mac and cheese, more importantly, Katie? <laughs> well, I have about half of it left because, you know, responsible as always. I was not in a position to take a radio call, but we rally, we persevere, and here we are. Happy to break down some early sites of spring training. Katie, are you back in the Jupiter bathroom again? Um, I'm in the Jupiter staircase, which is a, it's a bit of an upgrade, but not by much. All right. So yeah. we, we've got, we've had so far from Katie. I want you to do a different place for your radio hit yes. while you're down in Jupiter. Yeah. Every time that we call in, we'll just get a new, a new spot. We'll, we'll do some vibe checks from you yeah. down in Jupiter. Okay. Okay. Deal. And you guys can let me know, uh, the sounds, the acoustics, what, what sounds best, where I can improve. Lots of places in this, in Roger Bean Stadium to do radio, apparently. Well, right now, A+. plus. So yeah, you, need to, you need to find a way to up this. All right, Katie Woo's our Cardinals insider. She's back for 2024 with us. You can find her great work Woo! over at The Athletic and, of course, each and every Monday right here on BK and Ferrario. Katie, let's start with looking back at what we saw from the Cardinals over the weekend. I, I would say Mason Wynn was probably my headliner coming out of the game on Saturday. What have you seen from him early in spring in the returns of the guy that they kind of just handed over their starting shortstop job to? Yeah, it's really interesting because I can't recall the last time a Cardinals rookie came into camp and they had more or less handed over the reins to the opening job at any position. And, you know, Mason's going to have to go out there and, and prove it with his bat a little bit, but especially with the uncertainty with Tommy Edmonds' injury and recovery from surgery, it seems like this is Mason's job to lose. And he had a great first impression yesterday, three for three, three hard-hit balls. Unfortunately, we don't have stat cast out in Palm Beach, but the, the ear test, everything sounded good. The range was there, of course, and it's always a little bit concerning when you're dealing with kind of the tightness and aches when it's a position as, as big a shortstop. But this early in the spring didn't really seem like a big deal. You don't want to push guys in the second week of spring training. So it was just really good to see Mason go out there and be able to play with no inhibitions and, and be able to do exactly what he'd advertised in terms of what he was working on over the spring, which was finding a, a way to hit the ball hard and get on base consistently. Mason went, all he has to do is get you first, and you have basically an extra 90 feet if he's able to take – any kind of uh, look at a stolen base there. So just good things to see all around for Mason Wynn's inaugural strength training game. Katie, I apologize for the way that I am, but I do kind of always look <laughs> at it and, and say worst case scenario, you know, what is your plan here? And I know it's been a, a heated kind of conversation of, look, if Tommy Edmonds not ready and Mason Wynn is fighting for that roster spot, what's plan B in certain situations for center field and shortstop? Yeah, that's a very fair question and arguably the biggest question coming into camp because everything else minus the last three spots in the bullpen seems pretty set in stone. Right now it's just way too early to see if Tommy Edmonds is going to be cleared for opening day. We probably won't have an actual best estimate until midway through the spring at least. Um, you're looking at Mason and it's obviously he has a game like he did on Sunday every day. We're not too worried about it, but the biggest thing the Cardinals were worried about coming into spring was if Mason struggles, what do they do at shortstop? Right now, while they would obviously prefer to have Tommy Edmond, their worst-case scenario isn't a worst-case scenario at all, really. You have Dylan Carlson, a more-than-capable defensive outfielder in all three positions to take over in center field. We know what Dylan looks like in center. We know that he's you know, an above-average outfielder. Now it's just a matter of can he hit the ball consistently. Totally understand that. But that, to me, is not 
a huge concern in terms of outfield. Shortstop, I'd like to see a little bit better depth. You'd probably feel better about Donovan coming in the shortstop and playing an emergency if he wasn't also coming off a surgery of his own. Jose Fermin can do it, but that certainly won't be your everyday look. So, yeah, you know, if Mason Wynn starts to struggle, then I think the Cardinals have that conversation about do they need to go look and sign someone, um, a veteran guy off the bench to bring in an infill at a shortstop. But right now, I think they're giving Mason as much opportunity as possible and hoping he takes off and runs with the opportunity. Katie, it looks like Riley O'Brien had quite the appearance over the weekend, 13 pitches, 11 of them in for strikes. His fastball was right in the 98 miles per hour range. He would be somebody that I would throw into this category. But for you, who's the pitcher? And you can take this in any direction that has stood out to you most from what you saw in their bullpens to what we've seen so far early in spring training. Good question. Um, Riley O'Brien was definitely the pitcher that most catchers and staff members were talking to me about uh, during lives and side sessions. He actually threw at the split squad game I was not intended for, so didn't get to see him in action, but the reviews I heard from him after were very positive. I thought Tink Hens had a pretty encouraging outing yesterday, uh, just in terms of how he was able to get himself out of a bases-loaded jam. Um, sometimes it's good for guys to struggle because it allows everyone to see how they can get out of it. And that, to me, is just as important as going out there and dominating. But in terms of pitchers that are going to impact the staff, I am excited to see what Giovanni Gallegos looks like in uh, 2024. This is a guy that's taken the ball the most amount since 2021. Any reliever you can consider on the Cardinals roster um, had a down year in 2023 and arguably his worst year as a Cardinal. But he is an instrumental part in the back end of this bullpen. And throughout the organization, People have been very, very high on him. His teammates have been saying, you know, Gio came into camp looking good, looking strong. He definitely looks to be down a few pounds. So I'm excited to see what Gio does, and he'll actually pitch it in mean, today as well. Katie, how did you feel about Matthew Libertor's first outing? You know, it's, it's tough to judge pitchers on their first couple of spring outings. I think Libby came into spring with um, good velo on his fastball. And now it's about finding consistency and landing his breaking ball pitches, which I don't think he was able to do quite to his liking on Saturday. But they're going to give Matthew Libertor a lot of runway, same with Zach Thompson. We know there's not a lot of depth in AAA in terms of starting pitching, and we also know just based on the history of the game that uh, all five starters projected in the rotation are not going to make all 32 starts. You need some depth there in AAA. So for Libby and for Thompson, too, it's about consistency. Can they be consistent with their fastball? Can they vary up the speeds but still locate the pitches? Can they land their secondary? I don't think Libby was super excited about being able to control his secondary pitches on Saturday. It's certainly something that he uh, would like to improve coming into it. But it's really hard to evaluate these young pitchers just after a couple of outings. So I'd like to see a little bit more of Matthew Libertor before I make a full decision. We're talking to Katie Wu, Cardinals insider for The Athletic and 101 ESPN. You'll hear her on BK and Ferrario throughout the Cardinals baseball season. And be sure to follow her on Twitter if you don't already, at Katie J. Wu. Katie, I love Victor Scott. Everything about him. He is a man that is made like in a lab for what I like in a baseball player. I like defense in center field. I like speed on the bases. That guy has all of that in spades. Is there anything in your mind that he can do in spring training or even early in the regular season that would push the Cardinals to bring him up to the big league club? Or is this just a year of development and we'll kind of see him later on? I think the way that the Cardinals are bringing Victor Scott up, especially this spring, is very similar to what they did 
with Mason Wynn. And we actually had this conversation with Ollie Marmel a couple of days ago that this frame can kind of be a platform for Victor Scott like it was for Mason Wynn at this point last year. He's going to get a lot of opportunities out in the outfield, especially with Tommy Edmond down. So we're going to see him a lot. You're going to see that speed. You're going to see that defense. He impacted that split squad game on Saturday, a game that I was not there for again. Um, incredibly, and I think it was just a full overall all the dimensions of Victor Scott as a player were taken into consideration during that game. But what's going to be the most important for Victor Scott in these early part of 2024 is the rest and seeing how he responds to adversity, seeing how he responds to struggle. We saw that with Mason pretty much all spring. He took off last year, uh, worked his way through AAA, the ups and downs, and eventually got a call up in mid-August. I could see Victor Scott doing that same trajectory, but it all kind of just depends on how he plays. I'm assuming he'll start in AAA this year, but there's a reason the Cardinals are so high on him and are giving him so much an opportunity this spring. I do think they kind of want to mirror that path that they did for Mason last year to Victor this year. Katie, final one from me, and I know it's a hot topic around Major League Baseball with two starting pitchers still available, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell. Do you believe or have you heard any inklings of the Cardinals at least exploring those two names? I have not. Um, and I know you're probably, you know, people listening are going to groan, but I think at this point the Cardinals have been pretty consistent with their messaging about how they feel about the starting pitching market. They have not been linked to Blake Snell since the first day of the offseason. I don't see that changing now. And at this point, I think they feel pretty confident about their starting pitching just kind of in droves. We, again, we know what the projected rotation is going to be. We also know that they're going to give Libby and Zach Thompson as many chances as possible to prove themselves. It just doesn't seem like a cardinal thing to do at the moment. You can certainly make the argument on why it should be. But at this point in time, it does not sound like the Cardinals are really going to be active in that starting pitching market. All right, Katie. I went over to The Athletic earlier today, and I was happy to see there was a piece by Katie Wu on what Wilson Contreras has done this offseason and what he is planning to do during the spring in order to improve his pitch framing in 2024. For those that have not read it yet, give us a little glimpse into what you were able to write about, what you were able to find out about what he's doing in that regard. Yes, it is proof that I actually have been working here in Jupiter, and I'm not just been going to the beach. So if my bosses are, are listening, there I have been working, I promise. Um, I thought it was really interesting to hear what Wilson had to say about his own framing techniques and also what the Cardinals had to say in terms of where he was really struggling. When you look at Wilson's change from the traditional crouch behind the plate to the one-knee-down stance that he's now incorporating, that kind of took place more in the second half of the season but it is really hard to make that full change and buy into it halfway through the year. So the Cardinals were very honest with Contreras about the fundamental changes they needed to see happen. He needs to be better framing in the bottom of the zone. Major League Baseball and Baseball Savant, all the analytics there, divide framing into eight zones called shadow zones around the plate. Wilson was the most ineffective on pitches below the knees, low strike zone. He was not getting virtually any called strikes there. And that seems to be, you know, especially when you are thinking about the Cardinals' overall rotation and their pitching staff, um, any strike that Wilson Contreras can steal is beneficial. So by going to the one-knee-down approach, the Cardinals believe that it will help him both with framing the low pitches as he's able to receive from the ground up instead of stabbing at it going up to down. and also should help receiving. It allows Wilson to get better targets for his pitchers and hopefully, again, because he's able to work from the ground up and not stab at it, the framing will improve as well. So I thought it was interesting to kind of dive into the metrics there, um, and certainly we'll see that more consistently. Wilson's expected to catch Sonny Gray's Grapefruit League debut tomorrow. That's interesting. This is the kind of stuff that is actually important from spring. The, the numbers, I 
kind of just tossed off to the side. But like last year, Nolan Gorman looked more spry in the infield. He looks like he was better defensively. Stuff like this where you see an actual change from a player, maybe a batting stance change, those kinds of things uh, can be telling for what we're going to see during the regular season. So that's certainly something worth monitoring. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. Enjoy yourself at the Cardinals game uh, today, a game that is not televised, unfortunately, for us here in St. Louis. I'll be looking forward to your coverage. We'll talk with you again soon, my friend. Go warm up that mac and cheese. (laughs) I know, seriously, you got it, guys. I'm looking forward to spending another season with you all. Absolutely. That's Katie Wu, one of the best, uh, certainly one of our favorites here on BK and Ferrario. As I mentioned earlier, Alex, she's officially going to be back with us for the 2024 season. So I'm looking forward to having Katie on regularly.